This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. The scripture this morning, again, is from Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and a gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Hey, well, I am looking forward to our very first feast Sunday. And as Pastor Tyler explained, what we're going to be doing on the first Sundays of the month when we celebrate communion is uh, rather than a a lengthy sermon and followed by communion, I'm going to do what's called a communion homily. I'm going to give a message that leads us into communion, and then we'll celebrate communion together. We want to meet Jesus at the communion table, and we want to, to feast, be filled with all that he has for us as we come to him. And then after service, we have some extended time Uh, out in the lobby uh, for us just to fellowship, to enjoy each other, to talk, and to feast on community as uh, those who love Jesus Christ, who are living life together with Christ in the center. And so it's a little different format, uh, but we think it'll be just wonderful um, to share not only this table, but the table out there and to share with one another. I want to begin this morning um, with a story when I was a youth pastor. Uh, we had a group uh, that was comprised of some students that um, had grown up in the church. They had, um, boy, they knew church backwards and forwards, okay? Uh, It was kind of one of those things from the crib all the way to the teen years. And then we had another group that had come to the church, some because their parents wanted them to attend Christian school. And one of the requirements was that they had to be attending a church and they need a a pastor's signature. And so we had this other group of kids that were coming because their parents wanted them to. They needed to in order to uh, be accepted into the local Christian school. Then we had to sell another group of kids. And uh, they were the kids that came from places like across the street from the church in the park. Uh, They were unchurched kids. Um, they were the ones back in the day that presented themselves a little differently. 
Uh, they acted a little bit differently than uh, the church kids did. And so you had these three groups of kids, and uh, they were all present uh, in one form or another. Now I'm going to ask a question. Which group do you think uh, were the most engaged and most excited about the message of the gospel? Bingo. You know, it was those who were unchurched, those who came not because their parents wanted them to, not because they had been raised in the church and had been there their whole life. It was this, this group that came off the street and as they began to hear the gospel message of, of, of who Jesus is, you know, his message and his mission and, and how that applied to them and how that could make a difference in their life, it was interesting to see that we had this group that um, one parent as he pointed across the street to the park and said, you know, I don't want my kids having anything to do with those kids in the park. They're uncircumcised Philistines. That's what he called them. Yeah, truly. All these years I remember that. It was kind of shocking. But it was those kids that, uh, man, when they heard the gospel message and when they experienced uh, the love of Christ in Christian community, they were very, very responsive. So, what to do with the kids that had grown up in church their whole life. Now, there were some that had a living, vibrant faith with Christ. But there's a whole group of others that were very disinterested and really, frankly, going through the motions. So there was a next-door neighbor we had back then. He was from Texas, named Steve. His wife was Lori. And uh, we got to be very, very good friends. And I invited Steve to participate, Steve and Lori, to participate in the youth group, which they did. And one Sunday, uh, Steve brought the message at the youth group, and I'll never forget what he said. He, he shared his testimony. He says, now I want to just speak to those of you that have grown up in church. And those of you, your whole life, you started in the nursery, and now you're in the high school group. I want to speak to you. The rest of you, you can listen if you'd like, but I'm directing my, my message to you. And this is what he said. He said, you know, when I look around and I look at our youth group or when I, when I look at the youth outside of the church, you know the ones who I'm most worried about? And they're all kind of looking and waiting for the answer. And he said, it's those of you that have grown up and spent your whole life in church. Because that's me. And he shared his testimony of how he grew up in Texas. You know, in Texas, you go to church, it's a cultural thing. And uh, his whole life he'd spent in church. He could sing all the hymns. He could quote Scripture backwards and forwards. All right? He said, but I reached a point in my life where I became disinterested. I was just going through the motions. And he said, as I entered my high school years, that reflected in the choices I made and how I lived my life. Oh, I believed in Jesus, but, but he was somebody that I was too familiar with. Those were his words. And he began to, to share about the importance of having a living, vibrant life relationship with Jesus Christ with those kids. And he called those kids to repentance. He called them said, you need to come back to that first love. 
if you've ever loved Him at all. And those of you who never have, you need to. And He shared that day. And it was a powerful, moving message. It was unexpected. It was surprising. For for a lot of us, it was shocking because we didn't expect someone to, to speak so plainly and so truthfully and then share his own experience as a church kid. One who had just kind of his heart had grown cold. Well, this morning in our passage, there's a similar story. In Matthew chapters 5 and 7, we are introduced to the Messiah, Jesus, and he gives this great sermon we know as the Sermon on the Mount. And it really is the message of the Messiah, the message of the kingdom that he's come and he's established. But then as you move from Matthew chapter 7 to Matthew chapter 8 and 9, you begin to see, following this great message from the Messiah, from Jesus, the anointed one, the one sent from God, right? You you begin to see the great work, the mission of Jesus. And so in chapters 5 and 7, it's the message of Jesus, the message of the kingdom, which, by the way, everyone recognizes He gives with authority unlike they've ever seen, even from their own religious leaders. But then as you move into chapters 8 and 9, you begin to see the mission of Jesus. And in particular, you see a series of miracles. Now, these are important. These are attesting miracles. What these miracles are doing is attesting to the veracity or the truthfulness of the sermon that He gave. Now, He demonstrates in word and how he gives the sermon his authority, but now he's demonstrating through his mission the power behind that authority. And all of it points to the reality of who he is. And so, as we look in our passage today, beginning in chapter 8 of Matthew, we're going to see a a series of miracles that go all the way through chapter 9. And, and what we're going to see demonstrated is that Jesus has power over disease. He has power authority over disease. He has power and authority uh, over demons. He has power and authority over nature, over the wind and the waves. And He even has power and authority over death itself. And we see each of those demonstrated in a series of miracles in chapters 8 and 9 of Matthew. So as we move into chapter 8, here's Jesus, and He heals a leper. He heals a leper. And and what He's demonstrating there and what He's going to do in this next two miracles that follow is is He's going to break a series of barriers. With With a leper... He, he breaks the, the, the purity barriers. You see, in those days, a leper had to dress in tattered clothing and the bottom part of their face was covered. And wherever they went, they had to yell, unclean, unclean, kind of like we did with Sam this morning, the drummer, because he's sick, right? No one wanted to touch him or get near him. Sorry, Sam. Right? Good illustration, huh? But that's what they would do. Unclean, unclean, right? And, and so for someone to approach a leper, for someone to touch them, to engage them, it, it violated the, the, the purity laws, right? The barriers of purity. 
And of course, he comes to Jesus and says, if you're willing, heal me. And what does Jesus do? He says, yes, I'm willing. And the leper is healed. Then we come to the centurion, and that's the passage that was read today by David. And, and in that passage, the centurion comes, and that's an ethnic barrier. He's a Roman. He's an officer in charge of a hundred soldiers. Rome was hated by Israel. They were the oppressors. They oppressed them. The taxes that were levied against the people were so oppressive. And here is a centurion. And he has a servant that's sick. Now, he's in Capernaum, and and there's a garrison there because that is a a customs and trade center in, in the region of Galilee where Jesus had been. And so no doubt he had heard about what had happened. He had heard about the healing of the leper. And he's thinking, okay, I, I know that I'm a Roman. I know that I'm hated. I know that people don't want anything to do with me because of my ethnicity and who I am, that ethnic barrier. But he goes to Jesus anyway. And he says, I'm not worthy that you should even come into my house. But man, you just have to speak the word and I know my servant's going to be healed. And of course, what that says is that not only is a Roman officer, but he's very astute and he's very aware of Jewish custom because any Jew who would go and break bread or come into the house of a Gentile, that was forbidden, okay? That was forbidden. And so he's saying, hey, I understand the status quo, so you don't even have to come in here because I want to respect you, Jesus, but just speak the word and and what does Jesus do? He, he, he points out, wow, look at your faith. And he says, I've not seen faith like this anywhere in Israel. And so he takes this Roman centurion, this commander, and he points to him as the object of great faith. Can you imagine what a slap in the face that was to the religious leaders in Israel? Here's this Gentile that Jesus is recognizing his faith. And Jesus goes on to say, this is going to be an example that there are going to be many come from the east and the west. And really what Jesus is talking about, that those are going to come and, and sit at the table of Abraham in that, in, that, in that last day. And Jesus is really fulfilling what God said to Abraham when He promised that from your seed there will be what? Blessing upon all nations. And to a Jewish audience, Jesus is essentially saying, all are welcome at my table. The unclean, the impure, those who are, are, are been rejected because of ethnic barriers. They're not Jews, they're Gentiles. And then the next thing he does is he goes and he, and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. Now, mother-in-laws, it, it really matters. You have a good relationship with your son-in-law, Okay. He goes and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. And that's a, that's a gender barrier. And so, where are the first three miracles? To the marginalized. To the impure. To those who are ethnically forbidden to participate. And to women who have a marginalized status. Those are the ones he goes to first. And in doing that, he's establishing a priority of the kingdom. 
that Jesus came for all people, but He wants the religious people to know that those outside of the church, those outside of the establishment, those who haven't been raised up, those who, who, those who don't know the Scripture, those who don't know the hymns and the worship songs, yes, even they are welcomed. In fact, they're a priority. And that's what He's saying and that's what He's demonstrating. Now here's the irony. It's the marginalized. It's those who have been excluded. Those on the outside looking in. It's those are the ones that rush to Jesus. Whether they are Jewish by heritage or they're Gentiles. It's the marginalized that come. It's a centurion who recognizes that he's Messiah. And gives Jesus the platform to say, if you want to sit at the feast of Abraham in the last time, you've got to come through me. That's the message for everyone. And all are welcome. That, that message was shocking. Just shocking. Well, what's that have to do today? with our table. There are some here that you are very familiar with church and you're very familiar with Jesus. But I hope you're not too familiar. I hope when you come this morning to the table, you come expecting Jesus to touch you. Expecting Jesus to bring hope in your life. Expecting Jesus to bring healing. Coming to Jesus for wholeness wherever there's brokenness in your heart or your life. Because Jesus is here. And it's not a matter like the leper said, heal me if you're willing. Jesus is willing. It's, the question is, are you and I willing to come and to expect an encounter with Jesus Christ? For those of you that Maybe you feel like you're marginalized. Maybe you feel like you don't measure up. Maybe you come to church and you feel like the odd person out. Maybe there is sin in your life that you are ashamed of. Maybe there's something you feel has made you unclean. Maybe there are barriers that have kept you from really engaging Jesus. Today the Word is, Jesus wants you to come. Because He's broken those barriers. The irreligious and the religious. All are welcome to come. All who have faith in Jesus. All who believe. All who Jesus. All who come to Jesus and say, if you're willing, touch me at my point of deepest need. That's the message this morning. That's the message this morning. As you come to this table, my prayer is you come with the expectation of the centurion. Just speak the word only, Jesus. Just speak the word only. If you come, you come with the expectation of the leper. Lord, if you're willing, I am. That you would come knowing that Jesus has all authority and all power. He is Lord over disease. He is Lord over demons. He is Lord over death. He is Lord over nature. He is Lord of all. 
And this morning is an invitation to come and meet Him at this table. It's His table that He's prepared for you and for me. On the night in which He was betrayed, He took bread and He broke it. After giving thanks, He said to His disciples, This, right, this is My body which is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, eat this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup and he poured it out. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Whenever you drink this, drink this in remembrance of me. So that whenever we take the bread and we drink from the cup, we declare Christ's death until He comes again. This morning, as you come, come expecting. Come with the hope of a fresh encounter. Come knowing that Jesus says, I am willing, are you? And let Him touch you and let Him meet you at your point of deepest need. Come hopeful, because he who promises is faithful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your word that reminds us that you are Lord of all, and you have authority over all things. And Lord, that we can come to you today hopeful with great expectation that you are willing to meet us whether we have been in church our whole life or whether we have just started to attend or whether we're here and struggling, Lord, Your table is open to all who come to You by faith, trusting in You. And so this morning, Father, we come. We come as a leper. We come as a centurion. Lord, we come as a religious Jew. Lord, we come. And we come recognizing that You are Messiah. You are our Savior. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And You have authority over all things. You are more than able to meet us in that place in our life. You're willing. We thank You for that. And by coming this morning, we are demonstrating our willingness. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you come this morning... When you're ready, come and take the cup and, and take the cracker. Take that back to the seat with you. And as you're ready, please take both, okay? And then afterwards, uh, we'll close in a time of prayer together. Uh, Janelle will lead us in a prayer, okay? So come. Come with hope and come expecting. Jesus wants to meet you this morning.
Thank you for sharing your gifts, all of your youth. I want to invite you to stand, and I'm going to ask you if you would recite the Lord's Prayer with me. Do we have that on the screen? We do not. Okay. So we're going to test all of our memories. Perfect shot. You want to back me up? Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, 